You're listening to episode number 246 of the Pioneering Today podcast. And this is not your normal episode, but I really wanted to share with you what's going on in real time in my state and in our area and what I'm doing most importantly and that you can do too to get through this time. What am I talking about? You probably already guessed it, but the coronavirus. I am recording this for you Saturday morning, March 14th of 2020. I would have never guessed that in this short of amount of time that things would have progressed where I live in Washington State and in my county and really in the United States as a whole in such a short space of time. So if you listen to the previous episode, which you guys was only 10 days ago that it was recorded and released, and that was episode number 243, that was the impact of being in the midst of a crisis on how homesteading helps, excuse me, episode number 244 with Anne from A Farm Girl in the Making. I cannot believe it, you guys, in that amount of time. My county had a confirmed case of the coronavirus, and then the entire state now of Washington State just went on mandate that there will be no public school until April 24th, so six weeks Uh, at this point, no public gatherings of 250 or more people. So as you can imagine, music concerts have been canceled, uh, conferences, learning conferences as well. Some churches are not going to be holding service. Now, I share all of this with you, not not for it to be a, a moment of panic, But in reality, even though I am prepared as a homesteader, one, I'm going to share with you the things that we're doing extra that you can do too, some some very tactical and practical resources. But secondly, I want to address that no matter what we personally think of the way that the coronavirus has been handled by the media, if it warrants the severity of what's going on, if it really is A, B, or C, or D, none of that matters. Honestly, what matters is the reality of what's happening and how we react and how we be prepared to what is happening. So honestly, the like our opinions on if this is an overreaction or not, if things should have been done sooner, etc., none of that really matters because we just have the reality of what's going on right now. The National Guard, I just saw photos um, in a local town to me, so about mm, 30 miles down the road, had the National Guard rolling through its streets today. I don't know why. I know that in a state of emergency, which has been declared for Washington state, that they are mobilized. So I'm not sharing that as panic, but just to say that this that's the reality. It's what's going on. And quite honestly, it is wearing on me emotionally a little bit. I'm not filled with panic. I'm not filled with fear and I'm not filled with anxiety, but it does add a bit of a stress level, honestly, that I can't that I can't deny. I'd love to be able to say that I'm like just floating in peace and I'm filled with peace, but it does add a bit of a stress level. Yesterday I had to go to town. I actually missed the notification or they didn't send it out when I had my birthday back in January that my driver's license expired. So I had to go to the DMV because I just discovered I'd been driving on an expired driver's license for almost two and a half months. Hence my reason for going to town. I, I felt like I need to give you the full story. So when I was in town, I decided that 
I was just going to do my regular grocery shopping because I never waste a trip where I go, we call it going down below. I live up in the foothills of the mountains. We're going down below in elevation. It's what we've called it forever. And because I had to travel 40 miles one way to get to what we consider a large town where there is a Costco and Fred Meyers and all those things, I never waste the mileage and the gas. If I'm down there, I will get whatever we may need and, and not really stock up, but just like my regular grocery run. So for me, we don't have a dairy animal, so that's going to be cheese, it's going to be milk, it's going to be cream. But I had not at that time gotten the word that my kids' school was going to be closed yet. But I know, and this is something that I want everybody to consider, is even though I know what our normal stores of food are. Now we grow, raise, I should say, a approximately 100% of our own meat. I do supplement occasionally and buy organic chicken thighs and organic breasts or organic wings on chicken if we just want a specific cut instead of a whole chicken. And I will purchase bacon because even though we butcher a whole pig, you only get so much bacon and I can either decide we go without bacon or I can buy some good um, bacon from from a few select stores. So I occasionally do purchase a little bit of outside meat, but I never buy um, beef, actually. We raise all of our own beef and I never have to buy salmon like or, or crab. We are able to harvest that from the oceans. So I'm sharing that with you to say that we are well prepared, but I do purchase some things from the store. So I was doing my regular run and I went to Costco and I went to Fred Meyers, which are the two places that I do my normal shopping as long as, as well as, excuse me, as well as our local co-op. So we have a local co-op that I go to and I'll get things there as well. So those are kind of the three places that I will go and get my groceries from when I'm in town. But I, I knew what we would normally go through and I know how much food we have put up, which is why I actually started with that whole thought of we raise 100% of our own meat. We raise about 75% of our own fruits and vegetables for the whole year. And about 60% of our, uh, 75% of our fruit, 60% of our vegetables. <laughs> As I said, this is a raw episode. Like I'm not editing this. I'm just off the cuff, just talking, talking to you. Um, so I went in and looked at our supplies and I'm like, if my kids are home and not at school or doing different activities where they are not in the house as much, we are going to go through our food stores faster. If we are put on quarantine or we self-quarantine, meaning we're just not going to be going out in public as much, we are naturally going to be eating more food than we normally are. So that's something that you need to consider. It's not meant to panic you, but I realized if we're going to be going through more of our own food, I really do need to make sure the things that we're not raising ourselves, that I've got extra put back. But here's the thing. I'm not hoarding. I wasn't going and wiping out any shelves, but I was purchasing a little bit extra than I normally would at this time just so that I have it. And the beautiful thing is I hope this all blows over, guys. I hope that we look back at this and we're like, man, it went short and fast and we didn't have to deal with it for very long. It was just this initial thing and it was gone. But I don't know that that will happen. None of us have that magic ball and none of us know what's going to happen. So the things that I'm stocking up on are things that we will use in our everyday life. They will get used regardless of what happens. I'll just have a little bit more of a store. So for me, I always keep bare minimum at least 20 pounds. Actually, I would take that back. I take about keep about 30 pounds. I keep 20 pounds of flour in the back pantry, and then I keep a 10-pound bag 
in my actual kitchen where I'm cooking. So I have a overflow stock. I stock our pantry. And so I have a spot, my refill spot. So I normally keep about 30 pounds of organic, unbleached, all-purpose flour on hand. And then I buy hard white wheat berries in a 50-pound bag. And then I also purchase spelt, usually in a 25-pound bag, because I grind my own flour. And then I've got about 20 pounds of einkorn wheat berries, um, which is our other ancient grain, that I grind into flour. So I've got some flour on hand that's already ground up, that's from the store. And then I supplement and have our fresh ground and we'll mix the two together, or do all fresh ground, just depends. So I always have quite a bit of wheat berries and flour on hand. I always try to keep on hand at least 15 pounds of sugar. We always have some honey. Like those are my my bare like minimums like that I always, that's the threshold that I just always keep in our house. I always have a full thing of baking powder, of baking soda. I always try to have like a couple pounds of popcorn on hand. We, like, so just kind of the things that we're not raising ourselves and that I'm purchasing from the store. Salt, I purchase salt in a bucket of, I can't remember if it's 10 or 20 pounds of real Redmond's sea salt that I keep on hand. And then garlic powder, onion powder, spices, things that um, we actually grow our own garlic and onions, but some spices like chili powder, cumin, things that I don't grow here ourselves, uh, mustard seed, mustard powder, etc. I always keep those items on on hand. But I really had to take a look at our stock and say, okay, if we have to eat more from our own food stores or we do get put on quarantine, do I? how much of this do I have and do I need to get any extra? So that's what I would encourage you to do is just look at it and see if you need to have any of those extra things. I purchased extra. I don't use regular bleach. I use seventh generation hydrogen peroxide bleach. I got a couple extra jugs of that. And mainly because I was running low. I always have the one that I'm using and I like to have one backup. So I got two extra backups and then extra supplies to make laundry detergent and an extra bottle of pre-made laundry detergent for being able to wash clothes, etc. Looking at our shampoo, I make my own soap so I don't have to worry about bar soap. We've got plenty of bar soap. Um, do I have enough oils? Do I still have enough lye to make more soap? Just kind of looking at my regular stock items and making sure that I've got them that I've got them there. So if you're listening to this, oh, I ran out of dried beans. If you listen to that episode with Anne, I had ran out of dried beans. So I'm going to give you the state of affairs and some tips on finding supplies and things you might want to consider if you don't have them. One is if you've got the basics, which is, you know, flour, sugar, salt, a fat source. So I bought, uh, I always have a backup, but I needed to replenish them of coconut oil, butter, avocado oil, and olive oil. So those are the four fats that I don't replenish myself. My lard and tallow I have already from when we butcher our animals. So I just made sure that I had an extra bottle or jug, however they may come, of those in my back pantry. And then the current bottle in my pantry. So I've got my backup of all of those fats. That I've got my salt, I've got my flour, I've got my sugar. Because honestly, and with spices, I can make a lot of different things for my family based on other ingredients that I've already got just from those base ingredients. Then (laughs) when I went to the stores, here's what was interesting. So Costco was out of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and almost out of bottled water, which is none of the items I don't, I don't, I do purchase toilet paper from them, but I didn't need to stock up. Like I, we already had enough and I didn't feel the need to stockpile that. 
What was interesting, though, is our local Costco, the lines were three times triple as long as normal, but they were manageable. You just know you're going to be waiting in line longer. But there was plenty of flour. There was plenty of sugar. Like none of those normal staples, the food staples, they weren't out at all. What they were out of was the organic chicken. There was no organic chicken in the store. I was going to grab just a couple extra things of organic chicken breasts because I have, I think, two whole chickens left. We're getting ready to get our meat chickens to raise this year in butcher, but I don't have a lot left in the freezer because this time of year is when we're getting ready to grow and raise everything to replenish our stock because we're coming into spring, but I actually start to run low on, on different items. So which I'm going to get there, but just so you know, if you are like, okay, I need to grow more of my own fruits and vegetables this year, we are planning on increasing the amount that we are growing and putting up. I have the free organic gardening workshop I had already planned to run it again totally for free in its entirety in March. And the good Lord knew that things were going to happen because it is now needed more than ever. So for seed starting, for planning, for doing cold frames so that you can actually get crops in the ground earlier this spring, get them established, get them growing faster, doing microgreens and sprouts on your counter right now, food that you can harvest, I'm not kidding you, without any dirt with the sprouts. But literally, you get your seeds, you start them, and in three days, you have greens to harvest for your family. Microgreens that you can grow, and those will be ready to harvest in just a couple of weeks. So you have almost immediate, not quite, food sources for your family. I walk you through all of this, you guys, totally for free. I I cannot stress what an important resource this is for people to use, and it's free. You just have to register. You can register at melissakeynorris.com forward slash workshop, and please share it like all over the place because there are so many families with schools being canceled, kids are home, people are feeling the stress and the panic, but this is something that's proactive. The whole family can get involved and feel, not only just feel it, but know that they are taking some things into their own hands and into their own control and they're gonna be growing their own organic food in their backyard that's gonna serve them no matter what happens. If this all blows over, they've got organic food in their backyard. They're gonna put it to use. If it doesn't blow over as fast as we would like to see or as resolves or who knows what happens, they have their own food source. We talk about raised beds. It doesn't matter how small or how big of a backyard, there's something that you can do and it's covered in this free workshop. So please, if you're signed up, thank you so much. I can't I can't wait to share it with you. I know it's going to be helpful and beneficial. If you've signed up and you didn't share it, please go and share that link with people. And if you're not signed up, go get signed up and share it with people. Really, truly, it's it's over six days. Each video goes live at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time starting on March 18th. That set of videos for the day will play for 24 hours. And then the next day, the next set comes up. So it's over six days, over 26 videos. It's so helpful and walking you through all of those different steps. So anyways, I I am super passionate about that because I think it's more important than ever, not only that we grow our own food with these circumstances, but that we have a proactive plan in place so that we're not feeling the rising stress of the anxiety. But back to what I found in town. So no chicken whatsoever. Then when I went to Fred Meyer's, there was no pasta, no top ramen, no flour, um, very little dried beans in the regular grocery section. Here's what was interesting though. If you went to the organic or the bulk food section, there was still flour and sugar and some of those bulk foods. 
just not from like the regular section on the store. So go and look if there's like a bulk food section or a health food section or organic section. Check those because they weren't wiped out. The co-op was not wiped out at all. Of all the different beans they had from the bulk food section, and this is the Skagavelli Co-op in Mount Vernon, Washington. Uh, when I was there yesterday, which was Friday, they were out of one type of beans, but the rice, the beans, like everything, they weren't out of anything. There was plenty of stock. I stopped at a small local grocery store, that, which is where I purchase our organic grass-fed dairy, so our cream and our milk, and you take the glass bottles back and you do a deposit and all of that kind of thing. They weren't wiped out of anything, and there was like no lines. They had a lot of groceries. Now, as things progress, I don't know, but if you can go to these smaller independent grocery stores, like I said, those local co-ops, hit the bulk food section, the natural health section, the organic section, those areas still had food in them. People weren't going there as fast. So if you know that you need to get some extra supplies on hand because you're going to have increased cooking, I think it's just wise and prudent. I'm not saying to not leave anybody for any and hoard or anything like that. We've all seen instances of that online. But I am saying it's smart to be prudent and to get a little bit extra because you may or may not need it, but only of things that you are going to be cooking and you're going to be using. So that's what I did. I got extra popcorn and I got my extra butter and those items. And I highly encourage you to get a plan in action. And it doesn't have to be a big plan. Like I said, maybe it's we're going to we're going to increase the amount of what we're growing right now. For us, I know that when I'm cooking a lot from scratch and making homemade pizza, some of my kids' favorites, just different things like that. I'm increasing the amount of tomatoes that we grow this year. I'd already ordered some extra seeds and try, was going to try out some new varieties of tomatoes, but I'm going to be putting in some extra. I'm actually increased our onions that we're going to be growing, and I'm increasing the lettuce and some of our brassicas. I'm kind of just increasing some of these things, especially those cool weather crops that I can start right now with some easy peasy cold frames out in the garden that will be coming. I'll be able to start harvesting from them, some of them in four, four to six weeks. Some of them will take some longer time, but I'm just increasing some things little bit by little bit. And if you're wondering, okay, I know I need to get seeds. Where do I get seeds? I have a fully detailed blog post. I'll put it in the show notes for this episode. But if you go to melissacanorris.com and just type where to buy heirloom seeds, I have a list of all the companies that I buy my heirloom seeds from and really enjoy. And they've, they've been great companies. So I would recommend that you order your garden seeds now if you don't have them on hand. And I've got you guys as part of the workshop. When you get signed up for it, I'll be sending out my charts on how much to plant per person. I have those for free with the Family Garden Plan book. That's all in there. Walks you through everything. Or you can just get those charts at melissaknorris.com slash family garden plan. You can opt in and get those planning charts for free um, that are in the book. And it's part of a promotion that my publisher allowed me to do to provide those charts for free. I have blog posts that tell you how much to plant per year per person on vegetables. I also have a blog post on how much to plant for fruit and berry bushes, which brings me to my next point on preparedness. So if we are to come down with a virus or be sick, part of the worry with the whole coronavirus is it's going to put an extra burden on the healthcare system and the amount of health hospitals and people needing care and not being able to meet the demand. So the things that we need during a cold, flu, influenza, 
fever reducer is usually one of them that's a biggie. So I make sure OTC wise, we use Advil. Now I've had stomach ulcers in the past. And honestly, the only thing that I can take for a fever reducer that doesn't hurt my stomach is brand name Advil. I think they have a stronger enteric coating on there. I don't take it very often, but I do keep it on hand. Now my daughter cannot take Advil because she's on blood thinner, or she's not on blood thinners, excuse me. If you're on blood thinners, you cannot take Advil is what I meant to say. She has a blood clotting disorder, so she can't take it either. So I keep Tylenol on hand for her for cases where my herbs and natural medicine don't actually get the fever down where I need it to be or fast enough where where we're miserable. Now, I love using my herbs and my natural medicine, and elderberry syrup is one that we use to naturally help boost the immune system. It does have antiviral properties, um, antimicrobial different properties for anti or excuse me for it's anti-inflammatory a lot of different properties high levels of vitamin c and antioxidants in elderberry and elderberries right now though if you're turning to natural medicine those are being wiped out too so most sources that i use are out of dried elderberries so if you haven't gotten them already on hand you're gonna have a really hard time finding them you may be able to, the price, I think I saw on Amazon, the only place that still had elderberries was a pound of dried elderberries was like 40 bucks. So the reason I'm sharing that with you is it may be too late for you to be able to find them. My friend, Sian, Sian was on the podcast a few episodes back and talking about um, medicinal teas and making your own medicinal teas. Currently, they're out of elderberries too. I'm pretty sure out of straight elderberries, they may have some of their elderberry syrup kits left. But she said turmeric is another great option if you need to help boost your immune system um, that they're looking at. And then any of the berries or items that have good amounts of vitamin C are also very helpful to keep your immune system up. Now, we're not saying that this is going to cure anything. So please don't misconstrue that. Um, And I'm not a medical professional, so this is not meant as diagnosis or treatment, et cetera, um, but just things that we know help keep our immune system up and our body functioning as best as possible to fight off anything that we come into contact with. But the reason that I'm, I'm sharing this part with you is because I had already planned on putting in more elderberries, but it's time to consider as well with your planting on maybe planting some of your own herbs because right now, I know it sounds funny to say this, but really this is one of the best times of year if something like this was going to hit that it could hit because we have time to plant. You haven't missed the boat on planting things, on seed starting things. We still have time to get the seeds and the plants in order to plant them and to grow it ourselves. Whereas if this had happened like say in October or even really the middle of summer, you would be too late for a lot of items, but not true for this time of year. So it's actually a good time. So I have a blog post on how to grow elderberry when to plant, where to plant, varieties to pick, cross-pollination, everything you need to know about growing your own elderberries. Again, that will be in the show notes. I highly recommend that you go and you check that out. It's going to give you step by step. But if you're looking at the herbs, you want to be looking at growing them as many as possible as yourself because supplies, as people can't get modern medicine supplies and those dwindle out, more than ever, people are going to be turning to herbal remedies, which is great. But our herbal remedy sources, or I should say not just the remedy sources, but our sources for herbs, if you're not growing it yourself, they only have so much in stock. 
and it already meets the demand of people who are already living this lifestyle. But if we have this huge influx, and this was um, actually a great point, Amy Fuel from Homesteaders of America. Amy's the founder of that. You heard her on the podcast not too long ago. She shared this post and made me think about that as well. So I kind of want to give credit there. She brought a, a great point up about this is they're not going to be able to meet the demand of a huge influx of people wanting to order these different herbs because it takes time to grow them. So you can start growing them now and then have the availability to harvest them yourselves. So I've got um, a blog post on and a YouTube video. I should say I've got a YouTube video on doing cold seed stratification. So a lot of your medicinal herbs need to be cold stratified. It's not too late to do that. And I have a list of the ones that I'm growing this year and I'm going to be planting of medicinal flowering herbs and different plants. So again, I'll put all of that in the show notes. You can go to melissacanorris.com forward slash 246. And I am going to try to get this out as soon as possible. So at the time you're listening to this, if you go to that post, I may not have this whole everything that I'm sharing with you written out, but I will have links to every single resource that I'm referencing. So you can quickly just go and hit those links to, to actually go to the blog post or the video or the sign up for the workshop, etc. And then as I get a little bit more time, then I will try and fill it out so that I have everything I'm sharing with you via audio actually written out for you. But I really wanted to get this information out as soon as possible. And this is going to be the way that I can do that uh, quickly and share it with you. And finally, if you've got questions, you can message me them via Instagram. You can leave a comment on the blog post that goes with this, melissakinoris.com forward slash 246, um, because I want to do my best to help provide you with the information that you will need and to help put your mind at ease and doing some additional resources more so than I normally do. But I need to know where, where you need help with and where you have questions with. So you can leave them there and I will do my best to either do an Instagram story or maybe some YouTube videos, uh, some more podcast episodes possibly or blog posts. Um, but a lot of the gardening info is all going to be covered in that organic gardening workshop. So I highly recommend that you go in there and get yourself signed up and registered for everything that will be starting this Wednesday. And finally, try, I know it's hard not to be stressed honestly, about seeing all of this stuff. But some of the best things that my husband and I have done when we have felt a little bit overwhelmed with it, because some of this stuff, you guys, happened so fast. It was like within 30 minutes, things went, you know, all of a sudden, everything's canceled. Then this is canceled. School's out. It seems to be changing at such a rapid fire pace. Is obviously, we shut off all of the news. We shut off the TV. We turned off the news. Not that we don't want to be informed, but we needed to take a break. And we put on music and we just danced. We had our own dance party right in the living room and it was fabulous. Some of the other things I've been doing is just going outside. Even if it's cold, we're supposed to get snow maybe later today. Uh, we had a lot of wind yesterday, but go outside for a little bit. Take a deep breath. Just step away for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. And look at this as an opportunity. So truly our mindset and the way we look at things influences our feelings and what we look for. So think of this as an opportunity to share whatever homesteading knowledge and gardening knowledge that you have to share it with other people. This is a fabulous time for us to extend a hand and to help people as much as possible. Don't don't think of it as a is this close-handed time, right? So if you see people that are struggling, 
this can be a great time to help them. Help them get started with growing. Help them get started with cooking. Help them get started with this whole lifestyle. Help them get started with food preservation. Or plan your, like I said, we're planning on growing extra food and put an extra row in if you've got this space. And that's food that you can take to somebody who isn't able to garden. Maybe they are too elderly or, or just other other constrictions. Um, you know, maybe you've got extra food. They don't. You can bake an extra casserole or you can bake something, make something and take it over to them, provide it with them. You know, of course, you know, if we're in quarantine, that's going to affect things a little bit. But most of us aren't in that spot yet. So think of this as a time too. And like my kids are going to be home. My kids are in the public school district. They're going to be home for six weeks. So I'm looking at this as a time where we're going to be doing some homeschooling, which I've never done homeschooling before. And they're going to be a part of to help put their minds at ease too. Because honestly, even though we don't have the news on a lot, they're affected by this. I mean, obviously they know school's closed for six weeks. This is new territory for them. So having them a part of the planning process for the garden and a part of the seed starting and a part of doing all of these things, it helps them feel empowered that they have some control over this and that they're doing things so that they know things are going to be okay and we've got a plan and planning and and putting it into action and deciding, okay, well, this is what we can do and being proactive really helps your mindset and it helps them. It just helps the whole situation. So look at it for those, for those little blessings within there. So finally, (laughs) what I want to leave you with is, of course, a verse of the week and at this moment in time, and it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and it's, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if you start to be filled with fear and anxiety and panic, I hope you're not, but I'm going to be realistic. There have been times where I've felt a little bit overwhelmed with all of this that's going on. And I have to remember if I start to feel that way, that that is not from the Lord to just step back and remember that he has this handled. I don't know how, and I don't know when, and I don't have to, but I know that he holds me in his hand. He has a plan. He had me filming the videos for this organic gardening workshop a year ago. I had no idea that this would happen and that this information would be needed more now than ever before within our modern society, but he did. He was guiding me way back then, you guys, for these events that are happening right now and events that will happen in the future. And that gives me great, great peace, great calm, and a lot of humility, actually. Humbles me a lot. Um, I, I'm gonna get, whew, I'm gonna get a little choked up. But it's actually very amazing to see. So I am very humbled and feel very privileged to get to share any of this information with you that helps you to grow your own food and to not be fearful and to be more self-sufficient at a time when it is needed. And also to remember from there that of power and of love. And for us to not only embrace that from the Lord and to keep that front and center, but also remember as we're out and about and we see people, if you are out and about depending on where you're at in the country and even online though even within social media that we are extending power and love and a sound mind and we're not judging I have seen so much shame being thrown around to people who are buying toilet paper and who are buying bottled water and to doing all those things and oh my goodness 
you guys, they're human beings. Like we're all humans. And I feel really fortunate that I don't have to worry about going and getting extra food. If they wouldn't have had an extra bag of flour, I needed one extra bag of flour when I was at Costco. I have food at home. My family would be taken care of. But people who are panicking, they don't have that self-assurance. They might not have food. They're, they're seriously scared for themselves and their family, whether or not we think they should be, whether or not they should have been prepared long. Like I, I know all the things that everybody, you see it everywhere, everybody's seeing and saying, but it doesn't change the fact that they are people and that they're scared. Now, I'm not saying that we should all act out of panic and anxiety, but we need to have a, some humanity and compassion and instead reach out and say, hey, let me help you. Here's things that you can do and not tear them down and, and look at them in judgment. Anyways, love you guys. And I just wanted to share this with you and get this information out in a way that was as fast as possible. So forgive me, this is not nearly as polished as an episode as I normally put out. It's not went through my editor at all. But thank you so much. And I hope to see you in the Organic Gardening Workshop. And again, any questions that you've got, I will do my best to get answered and to give you whatever resources that I can. But please just stay calm and know that you've got this and we're going to get through this together.